Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, before we start the show, let's talk about our Amazon link for the holidays for Black Friday at BobSuska.com. Whether you're shopping for yourself or if you're buying some music by one of our excellent indie bands or if you're getting a jump on your holiday shopping without leaving your house, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at BobSuska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of Amazon.com where you can go shopping until you're dropping. And by doing so through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thanks for shopping through our Amazon link. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Happy Thanksgiving! The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. The third. There's no parachutes yet. don't know how to describe it. It was like the turkeys mounted a counterattack. It was almost as if they were organized. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> Uh, that's like War of the Worlds for our era. Yes, it really is. You're exactly like right. The, the unfolding, like, oh, the humanity. <laughs> it's so perfect, <laughs> like so the perfect. Bird crash. From our nation's uh, capital, it is Tuesday, uh, November 26, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest damn soap ever. Hey, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1041 of the Trump crisis, day 66 of the impeachment of Donald Trump, 342 days until the 2020 presidential election. 
And uh, sitting in for the vacationing Buzz Burbank, look what we're going to do. the old school intro. Yes, it is. It is my good friend T-Rex, David Ferguson. How are you, my friend? Oh, I miss the boiling Jody there, though. It's just like, because <laughs> you're like, like I said, like the graphics in my head are amazing. There's just like huge towering T-Rex, and then like there's an equally towering Jody going, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, by the way, the T-Rex Report, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report, if you want to follow David's podcast. Uh, you know, Some I've things got- are coming about the TRX report. I've been fallow for a bit. Oh, yeah? I'm in the middle of chapter 12 from my book, but the next few weeks I'm going to be just doing little essays. Mm-hmm. Not so many interviews, just a column here and there just about because it's a busy month for everybody. December yeah. is crazy. And everybody's podcasts, I've realized, are really long. Yeah. So I want to just do some little <laughs> like 10, 15-minute yeah. things that people can slot in between like this and Stephanie Miller or something. Yeah, good you idea. You know, that's just like a little essay on, I don't know, what was I thinking? I was thinking about teeth this week, which is a long story. But, <laughs> okay. Well, no, like yeah. teeth have changed. Teeth now are like unnaturally glowingly paper white. And you go back and you look at videos of performers Mm -hmm. from the 70s and the 80s and you're like, boy, their teeth look bad. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that segues nicely into one of our sponsors, Power Swabs. Buy powerswabs.com. Promo code SEXY, S-E-X-Y. Okay. One of the things that I did over the weekend, though, is uh, in my process of abandoning Facebook. I'm still on Facebook. I haven't left Facebook yet. But I'm moving away from... Zuckerberg's Russian Empire. And one of the things I'm doing is I signed up for this new Facebook alternative called, and here's the only problem, it's called MeWe. It's great, it's awesome, but the only downside is so far... I have to call it MeWe, which is just so uncomfortable uh, for me yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm not into I mean, that just a uh, My brother, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about my brother. Yeah. He was working for a software startup. And um, they were in a board meeting one day. And at this point, he's just, you know, he waited until he was in his mid-40s to finish college. So mm-hmm. I think he's maybe 42, 43. And there's, you know, this millennial girl handling. And she's like the HR officer. And she talks about She's like, I found an app to handle peril. <laughs> it's called Clinkle. And my brother said, of course it is. <laughs> Um, so Trump signed the Women's Suffrage Centennial Coin Act today. I don't know if you're aware of this, David, but he did. And he had a, a whole gaggle of, of women there in the Oval Office. And he signed the legislation, of course, showed it off. But as he was chatting with the women, uh, well, oh, no. he said, mm, he I said, coming. Jesus, he said this. I've been working on this for years and years, and I'm curious why wasn't it done a long time ago? And also, well, I guess the answer to that is because now I'm president, we get things done. We get a lot Tiny. of things done that nobody else got done. Tiny Trump. So, so, so okay, so I'll just stop that. So there. why didn't we celebrate this at the 100-year anniversary of women's suffrage years ago? Yeah, exactly right. Because it wasn't the freaking 100th anniversary of women's suffrage, you. you dildo head. Yeah, right, what an Jesus idiot. Jesus Christ. What a goddamn idiot. But I can do it because I'm a president. That- I'm the president that gets things done. <laughs> Trump is a fucking idiot. An idiot. Yes, he is. Tiny Trump is especially an idiot. He doesn't know 
that yeah it's the centennial centennial means 100 it's the 100th anniversary i don't know why year. we didn't do this years ago <laughs> he's just, i don't know why we didn't celebrate our country's bicentennial in 1952 i mean why not he's always got a wedge in <laughs> something about something normal happening uh, that he did for the very first time it's so everything I'm just, but i'm still like like when when freaking what's his name um the other dildo head that called from <laughs> Kiev. It's like, right. Mr. President, I'm in Kiev. He's like, I thought you were in Ukraine. You know yeah. who was a precursor to Donald Trump along those lines is uh, Ricky Gervais. R- well, the office, the original UK office. Ricky Gervais's character, uh, David Brent, is sort of- Sort of like Trump in that way, where he's just so delusional. He thinks everyone in the world worships him. Everyone thinks he's the greatest boss. He's such a great entertainer. And he's not. He's just a laughing stock. That is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is David Brent, among many other horrible, horrible people throughout the history of I entertainment. I have to tell you, the very thing that I think that Americans don't like about the British version of The Office is why I've never been able to get into the American version, because there's something so wonderfully squirmy yes. and uncomfortable about yes. David that I mean you kind of had to cheer for Steve Carell like I mean he was an <laughs> awful horrible per- but there was something he had an underdog's appeal yeah. which Ricky, Ricky Gervais did everything he could to just erase that that is just be the most abrasive person he possibly could I, um, I have never seen an episode of the American version of The Office only because I so much love the British version of The Office I can't even imagine the American version coming anywhere close to topping it it's fact, not it doesn't it, yeah. I, it, you, they, like they do some of the same gags in the first season like the you know the stapler and the jello and it just doesn't work yeah right because well, it's just but then they finally hit their groove and it was you know it got it became its own thing but you ever, was, you, ever yeah. you ever smoked a clove cigarette something with like without tobacco Dude, in it but you're smoking I was it. a god what I'm saying, all it makes you want to do is to have a real cigarette. So if you're, yeah, it's my, true. my thing is, I, I start watching the American version of the office, which has been off the air for years now. I don't even know why we're talking about it, but you start watching the American version of the office, or at least I do, and I go, I would much rather watch the UK version of this show now. It's enough like it that it just makes me want to go all the way and and watch the actual thing. Yeah. I can tell. Look, I can tell already. It's going to be Vacation Bob and Vacation David, Vacation T Rex. <laughs> For the next 45 minutes. So what's going on? We have new okay. evidence. Well, well, that's happening, too. I want to get to this other thing first, though, before we dig into any of that. First of all, okay. I'm sure you heard Donald Trump on Fox and Friends the other day calling in. And just it got to the point where Steve Ducey. It's a 54-minute Coke rant. Yeah, exactly. And that is exactly what he does, too. They're Coke rants. When he does his rallies, it's like if you've been around anyone who's done a lot of cocaine, that's exactly what Donald Trump's rallies are like. That person who has done a lot of cocaine. It's precisely that. Without actually drinking. <laughs> yes, but there was there was all this that happened on Fox News the other morning. It's Donald Trump. Mr. Trump, good morning to you. Good to have you on Fox and Friends today. So my conversation was a perfect conversation. Mr. President. You, what? You, have a, you have a lot of very, very bad people. He <laughs> is the wine man for the country. <laughs> I was buying in my campaign and it went right up to the top. And the doughy pant low. I want nothing. Remember, it was trending number one. It's up with the sun. For a Fox News overload. Yeah, but Mr. You know, President, very that Adam Schiff is a sick puppy. I can <laughs> hear him with his whiny. And they try to impeach. And by the way, they've looked like fools over the last five days. I can see him there online. <laughs> Mr. President, so, we saved a lot of money. And, the bitch and I still want to see that server. You know, the FBI has never gotten that server. Still on the line. 
Yeah. As you know, things have gotten ratcheted up more I mean, and more and more and more people. I know if they're not like switching to alternatives to Facebook, they're interacting on Facebook less. Mm-hmm. They have this sense that, you know, people I used to have like more in-depth conversations with people on Messenger yeah. than I do now because I know they're being monitored potentially. And it's just like there's a whole I mean, I just I think that. Well, I mean, there's, you know, uh, and every generation rebels against the generation before it. And I think that, like, I, you know, there's going to be a time when people are just like, ugh, Internet is so early 2000s. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, and it's so full of horrible people that I don't want to spend any time there. I do not miss Twitter. Like, I thought that I'd see funny tweets people had on their Facebook page. They be like, oh, I miss Twitter. I do not miss Twitter. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, that wouldn't be terrible if people use the Internet a little bit less as far as socializing goes. I mean, because here's the problem. We're all sharing shit by people we don't know. Uh, people who don't have a reputation, just random strangers. We're swapping bodily fluids with these random weirdos just because they post something that appeals hey, to hey, our, hey, hey. appeals to <laughs> <laughs> our confirmation bias. I used a lot of condoms in the 90s. Let's, let's, let's find another phrase for that. One of the other discussions we had before the show started. Uh, in fact, people need to use more condoms online. <laughs> That's a pretty good segue there, David, because I think... No, it's totally true. Yeah. Because the information is viral. And um, If you don't oh God, know the person, if you don't know, or if you don't know the person or you don't know of the person, why are we sharing this stuff? And we've all done it at some point or another. We're all guilty on some level. But the fact remains that uh, this attack by Russia, whether it was 2016 or the one that continues today, uh, it wouldn't have succeeded if we weren't just a big nation of suckers, if we weren't so utterly gullible here that we just, like a bunch of dupes, like a bunch of marks, we just retweeted this shit, shared it on Facebook, uh, shared it across all of our social media platforms without even thinking. And nothing would have worked if we hadn't helped it work. That's it. We became. But this is the same thing the media did with Trump. You understand? Like we went screaming, like, "Oh my God, can you believe what he said?" And in the process, yeah. we repeated what he said. Right, right. And there were people who heard it that were like, eh, "I kind of." Well, agree that's. With that. I mean, that's the trap. And I though, think that's because- what like Ocasio Cortez has figured out. Yeah. You know, is that she's going to put out her terrifying agenda of common sense ideas? I just thumped my mic stand. Nice, David. Um, but, <laughs> Damn you. Uh, uh, you know, every time Tucker, like I said, every time Tucker Carlson freaks out about her and puts all those ideas up there, universal health care, care yeah. for the elderly, you know, there are elderly people who are looking at it going on, care for the elderly doesn't sound like such a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I'm barely yeah. hanging on. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I just like, it's, you know, we see this, we know it's happening. Be aware that it's there and fight the other way. Well, and part of the problem, though, is the fact that we do blindly share all this stuff and we need to stop doing that. I mean, I, I'm 1,000 percent serious about that. But the other problem is you have a significant cross section of red hats, if not all of the red hats, plus uh, the Greenwald Taibbi left who is skeptical of all this shit. The, the first task is just getting Americans to believe that it's happening and to believe mm-hmm. from there to believe that it's not just something that's a fun little uh, hiccup in the proceedings on social media, that it is a serious crisis because people, millions of people, were brainwashed the last time around by the existence of this. And by the way, not just Trump supporters. 
it was predominantly Trump support, Trump voters, but it was also people on the left too. And it's still happening right now, even as we're saying all of this, despite all of the reporting. So how do you get over that? How do you push through the fact that so many people don't even want to fucking acknowledge that it's happening, including the White House, including more or less half of Congress, and including the entire Red Hat entertainment complex? I mean, they're all... See, if we just, like, hand it over to them and be like, here, guys, go at it. Just spread your lies, you know, and your big, vicious, like, whirlpool of disinformation, and the rest of us will be out here... Right, participating. Right. Well, um, I, yeah. It's it's a tough line to walk because you want to stay informed, you want to know what's going on, but it does. I do realize like the part that I personally, as a person who was amplifying things that he said and did during the campaign, mm. spread his message for him. Well, I think in terms of of repeating the things that Donald Trump has said, I understand to a certain extent, but. That that has limits because he's still the president of the United States. At the time in 2016, he was a candidate. He was the front runner no, for president. No, it's responsible to States. cover him journalistically. It right. is a catch twenty two. Yeah, that's what Don't I'm get saying. Don't me wrong, but it's like, but the outrage thing. It's like smoking. I mean, I'm looking at it from an addiction model. Yeah, that like we and the the other side have gotten used to getting our little squirt of dopamine in our brain <laughs> from feeling superior to somebody. Yeah. You know, and that's where the disgust thing comes in. If they keep us disgusted with each other, because at this point, really, I mean, I see someone in a red hat and I just that's immediately what I feel. It's just yeah. like contempt and disgust. Like, right, you're right. Fucking idiot. You're well, rude. this is the, this is the big hit for this one um, account. Polite Melanie, the account tweeted out this thing. It was a fake poll that suggested 55 percent of conservatives believed homo sapiens quote unquote should be disowned by their family (laughs) and so we look at that and obviously that tweaks our sensibility where we go oh they're stupid fucking idiots and but at the same time it was made up but yet it makes us disgusted and while there's lots of things surely to be disgusted about by what's happening with the red hats sometimes the fake shit gets mixed in there and uh, beware of anything said the smartest editor editor I've ever worked for yeah. that fulfills your fantasies too much beware right. of anything that fits you too neatly into your agenda said Megan Carpentier who now mm-hmm. works at NBC News I urge you all to follow her on Twitter and take her life advice seriously she's one of the smartest people I've ever fucking known right right if I really am in a pickle and I don't know what to do I call Megan well um, obviously and- the, the, the secret here in this particular strategy the new iteration the version 2.0 of the Russian active measures is guerrilla trolling, disguising themselves as people we, we might know or agree with. It's coming from inside the house. We get a sense, oh, the this calls person. are coming from inside the house. Yeah. Yes. And, my no, sp- and it's like part of that. And I feel like I'm seeing in actually I've seen a couple of essays lately and some scenes and statements by President Obama saying, let's back down a little bit on yeah. the like this immediate urge to go at each other's throats and make this an ongoing purity test because that is one of the ways that they are dividing us. Yeah, 100%. Um, Yeah. It's the most effective way to divide the left is to, you know, start imposing these purity tests and say this person is not one of us. Mm -hmm. You know, they are rich or what, you know, it doesn't matter that the same criteria could be applied to any other of the candidates because you don't get that far without being rich. Yeah. But, you know, it's just... We've got it's, we've got yeah. to see. It. I mean, and I say this as someone who was a supporter of Barack Obama, but I really believe that we have a cult of personality problem in this country where people are automatically assuming and this has become kind of a weaponized feature of Trumpism. 
And I go back to my ongoing rants about guys like Andrew Yang, who have no business being on the presidential stage. But because they have some fun ideas in their charismatic characters, people rally around these characters. They think, Uh, you know, but I still think it's, you know, finally an Asian American is in the presidential primary. I mean, not that he is a good candidate. Yeah. Well, I'm finally, you know, it's just like I'm looking up at that stage and I'm just seeing diversity. And that is reassuring to me because, you know, the other side is just a parade of gray faced white men. Yeah. And well, so, frankly, I'd, like, I'd rather see Maisie Hirono run for president than Andrew Yang, someone who has yeah, experience, you know, actually. But, I mean, it just at least this time, I mean, because he's going to go away eventually. Eventually, yeah. the math will work against him. He's just not a serious candidate. No. So I don't really take him very seriously. Yeah, but you see I, what I think, what you see what he's doing, though. He's pushing the ball a little bit further down the field. He's saying it's a little bit more acceptable. I get it. But on the same time, it also has pushed the ball down the field just a little bit further for Asian Americans, regardless of content. Well, you but know, I, I, and I wasn't that seeing... looks like them on the presidential stage. But, but was just... anyone was anyone preventing Asian Americans from running? I don't see that there was any bias in politics There's against very, if you have like Asian friends, you'll see there's a weird. <sighs> is that there's a like weird a, size? There's a, is that it? there's a subtle discrimination <laughs> that it's just like it's hard to. It's one of those things, but that's the way subtle discrimination works. Uh-huh. Is soft discrimination is that it's hard. You can't ever turn around and point and say, but like you just notice there's not a lot of Asian anchor people. Asian models, Asia, you know, it's like we don't really, I mean, uh, the American ideals of beauty are very far from Asian uh, at this juncture. But don't you think it's better Uh, for Asian people to run a candidate who actually has some experience and some gravitas rather than someone who's just doing this as a hobby? It was like the other night. That person is coming. That person is coming. But in the meantime, you're a nine-year-old kid looking at the TV going, none of these people look like me. Oh, there's one. Yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of how I felt watching Paul Lind on Bewitched. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm not alone in the world. <laughs> and <laughs> Paul Lind was campy as fuck. I mean, yeah. he's not, you know, nobody's idea of like gay liberation. I mean, except that he was just so out. But he should uh, never have run for president. That Paul Lind presidential candidacy <laughs> of 1976 was just a joke. I'm kidding. Of course. Oh, but it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so Russian trolls on the march, uh, mixing in black. Blending in with the rest of us. I refer to it as guerrilla trolling, which is really kind of what it is. They're just meshing themselves into the normalcy of what we uh, enjoy on social media and then springing all the horse shit on us as soon as we become complacent about their existence. And so that's it's all trying to be a grenade in a foxhole is what they are. (laughs) They want to get embedded and explode. That's exactly right. Yep. Um, Yep. And so meanwhile, as part of all of this, and this is something that really set me off. I mean, if you watch my Twitter feed on Saturday, I was in a fired up, bitchy mood most of the no, day. I didn't watch and, your Twitter feed on Saturday. Well, you didn't, of I course. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I know that. But the, here's the problem. Uh, what set me off on a bad mood Saturday was the news that came down Friday night about how uh, Republican members of Congress were briefed by intelligence officials that this Ukraine crowd strike bullshit is absolutely a Russian conspiracy theory. And yet there was guys like John Kennedy on the Sunday shows, Louisiana's John Kennedy, obviously. Uh, well, he's obviously a little slow. I mean, his mind works. Yes, like but he's a member. He's a bayou. member. He's a member of the Senate, though. My God. And it's, it wasn't just him. It's the president. It's other <clears throat> members. But of yeah, the, he uh, was repeating the conspiracy points. Yeah. 
saying that it was Ukraine that hacked our. Oh God, they're. Right. Doing, I mean, they are at this point. They are wittingly. They, parroting Russian propaganda. Yes, that's what, that? I, that's what I mean. That's what fired me up. My God. I mean, this is, you talk about like, I don't know what you would call it, invasion of the body snatchers. Vladimir Putin has been so successful that he has not only convinced the president who's the direct beneficiary of all of this, but he's also convinced, and this is not just about the Russian attack. This is obviously a component of the Russian attack that the Republican Party and the Red Hat uh, media, whether it's Fox News Channel or AM Talk Radio, has has bought into hook, line, and sinker. Whether they are doing it deliberately or not, they are doing Vladimir Putin's bidding. And Vladimir Putin's goal is to disintegrate Western alliances, to soften democracy so that he can come in with his form of government and disrupt the goddamn world. Just like uh, Rudy Giuliani said uh, on Fox News Channel not too long ago. He wants to disrupt the world. You know how everybody emigrated to America like back in the 1800s and late 1700s? What if we convinced like all the right wingers to emigrate to Russia? <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know if that's going to happen. Norm, po- I mean, you know, John Potter. It's everybody. Look, that it's your kind of country. Yeah, you, they, guys, you there know what? No, they, they, there are no gays. There are no black people. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, you get to listen to state media, and it all is rah 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 patriotism, nationalism. I mean, just go. You'll love it there. Yeah, you know what they it's have like, in Russia? They have legal abortion, and they have gun control laws. <laughs> So they're going to love it over there. You're going to harsh the... You, I know. You're, you're Sorry. Killing my I exposed it. I did. I did. You know, is it, I really like... We need to convince like Ben Shapiro, like, go and take Russia back to the Jews, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Or Tucker Carlson. You were talking about Tucker Carlson earlier. He said last night on his show, why do I care what's going on in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia? And why shouldn't I root for Russia, which I am? <laughs> Asshole. Right, and then he comes on at the end of the show. <laughs> no, he's not an asshole. At that point, he's joking. a complete dillweed. I mean, he's like you've surpassed <laughs> asshole, and you be, and you're not even a dickweed. You're a mm, dillweed. You're dillweed. like that. Yeah, it's just oh, Jesus. He is such a Tucker Carlson. He is very Tucker much Car- a dillweed. I mean, yeah, that what is. What does the- he see when he looks in the mirror? <laughs> is this know. what he wanted to be? When he was like a little Alex P. Keaton wannabe teenager, and he was like, I wish my name was Ronald Reagan Jr. Yeah. You know, like. I mean, did he ever think that he'd be sitting on Fox News Channel primetime being puppeteered by Donald Trump, of all people? Because that's what's happening. Donald Trump's just puppeteering all these guys. It's astonishing to If you ever get too mad at him, though, just think about how Tucker Carlson must feel about the real Ronald Reagan Jr., who's like a gay atheist Democrat. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. He is great. I mean, that's got to be, I mean, because Tucker Carlson wants to be Ronald Reagan's oldest son so fucking bad. Oh, my God. That would be like, he'd be king. You know what I've always wanted to see is a Ron Reagan Jr. Rachel Maddow team up. Because not only would they Could be you great tell them apart. Yeah, that's just it. They look the same. They look like brother and sister. They have the same bangs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's very, very specific of you, David. It's they have true. The same bangs. Yeah. That's what I noticed okay. right away. I was like, man, those two have the same bangs. <laughs> okay. All right. You sound offended. Are you offended? No, me? Why would I be offended? <laughs> I just thought it was cute the way you noticed their bangs. Um, okay. That's so gay. <laughs> I find that it was a microaggression. Was it a microaggression, really? 
No. Okay, thank you. Uh, anytime thank people God. start talking about microaggressions, <laughs> I start thinking about, you know, what you need is some experience with some macroaggression. <laughs> like, Shit. just a good kick in the pants. I, really thought, I thought maybe for the first time I did step a little too far over the line. Did I? Maybe I did. But it, no, you it has nothing to do with your gayness. It just, I thought it was funny about the bangs. And just because that's the last thing I notice about Rachel Maddow is her, her bangs. Um, well, I'm, but see, like, I have this similar, like, you know, it's the, it's the this Don Draper like wave that jumps up from the forehead. The guy we were talking about, who's the other day? Tim Marsh? No. What's his name? The diplomat. He said, Do you think he's Gordon, like, Gordon Sondland? Oh no, no, no. You're talking about David Holmes. Yeah, who looks like David Holmes. Doppelganger. Doppelganger. Yeah, like he has really got the good wave going on. <laughs> That's like I noticed these things because it's like, yeah. you know, the, it's a it's a, it's yeah, well, you're not alone. everyone that's kind of like superhero look. Chris you know, the minute you get that like that sort of like Wave that Dave that Don Draper Clark Kent curl over the top. It's like it's 1959, <laughs> and you're right. a superhero. That's yes. right. You did notice his bangs. That was the first thing you you mentioned on Thursday's show. I remember that. Oh, he's, he's got a great hair. But you're gonna have to fight off. Cri- you're, number. you're gonna have to fight off Chris Lavoy because Chris Lavoy posted a picture of David Holmes on his Facebook page and went, "Oh hey, <laughs> what was see? The- he's not my type. I like the yeah. dark ones." He's too blonde for me. I oh, would really? Be like, we'd be like besties. We'd shop together. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, That's right. This is because this will look good on both of us. You know, we can we could share it. But like, yeah, no. I mean, you look at my husband. I like bears. I like like dark, scruffy. Yeah, and 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 Ben beardy. is like Lord Supreme Bear of all time. <laughs> That's the cutest pocket bear. <laughs> he is. He's such a bear. Okay, you know what it's time I was for. I remember a friend's house. So you gotta go ahead. There's a friend's house the other night, and like. Uh, a new friend that I'd been introduced to, and I had told her about Ben, and then Ben showed up. Yeah, and she just kept giving me that look that people give you with, with their like lips are pressed together and their eyes are huge, like "Oh my god, I can't believe how cute this person is!" <laughs> like I'm about to bust out laughing. It's so ridiculously cute. Yeah. Wow, wow. I'm used to this. That's he's irresistible. Yeah, maybe he should be in the uh, in that new Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, because he'd give like Baby Yoda a run for his cuteness money, right? Is there a Baby Yoda? Yeah, there's a Baby Yoda. In Mandalorian, like a thousand years ago, it is. Well, no, it's it's supposed to be fifty. 15- I don't know anything about what is this mandolin thing. The, the man. <laughs> Oh, shit, you're okay. I gotta catch you up to speed on this. Disney Plus. We'll, we'll run a, the break. He can tell me while the other people. Well, <laughs> yes, that's while, about, I, while um, I'm talking about Brooklyn. And yes, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about uh, the Mandalorian while we're doing this break. While I'm talking about Brooklyn, and that'll make a lot of sense. So it is. It's time to holiday shop. I'll tell you about the Mandalorian here in just a sec. It's time to holiday shop, and here are some <laughs> unique gift ideas that are both practical and personal. And it's all from Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is delivering comfort all season long. I'm one of the half million people who are all snug in their beds thanks to Brooklinen's affordable high quality sheets. In fact, Kimberly Johnson and I have been using our Brooklinen sheets for years now and we're super duper comfortable inside of our refrigerated bedroom uh, because of our Brooklinen sheets, our nice crisp clean white Brooklinen sheets. And this year I'm also shopping for gifts at Brooklinen for bedding, towels, robes, bath mats, shower curtains, loungewear and much more. The loungewear is so soft by the way, you'll feel like you never got out of bed. And with Brooklinen, I'm giving gifts of quality and comfort backed by great customer service. If you like softness, if you like comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is having their biggest sale ever, and it's happening right now for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get access to their biggest event ever and free shipping is to go to brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K. 
B-O-B-C-K-L-I-N-E-N.com before December 3rd and use the promo code B-O-B-C. Write that down, B-O-B-C. In fact, get 10% off and free shipping anytime at brooklinen.com when you use the promo code B-O-B-C. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. It's Young this Guns. Is making sweet love down by the fire music. <laughs> I love it. Seriously. I'm like taking off my clothes as we speak. Yeah, this is uh, Young Guns Silver Fox. It's from their first album. This is from their West End Coast album. Everyone, we played this on the after party on Friday, and everyone loves this song. It's not shocking. It's one of our faves here on the show. Again, the song is called Long Way Back from West End Coast. It's from their first album. And yeah, we're single-handedly bringing back yacht rock. We're making it count. This is popular love again. Music. Yeah, yeah, it is. Kind this of- isn't like you're hauling it. So this is like Barry White. You know, <laughs> yacht rock is like Toto. Yeah. This is like your deep Marvin Gaye shit. This guy's <laughs> well, song into the is, real yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, but man, it really kicks up later on in the song. You got to listen to this track all the way through. Uh, link in the description. Also, uh, make sure to submit all of your uh, uh, favorite indie music. If it is your music, in fact, don't submit someone else's music. But if you have an indie band uh, or if you're a recording artist, make sure to submit your music at bobseska.com slash music, and we will play it right here on the show. Thank you. Well, The Mandalorian is the new Star Wars series on Disney+, and it's really fucking good. It was created, in, and it's written by John Favreau, uh, the swingers John Favreau, not the speechwriter John Favreau. Okay, yeah, this always messes with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, he's just going from politics to sci-fi. Okay, <laughs> No, not? this is the other. This is the director, John Favreau, who uh, really did a great job with this series. It is one of the best Star Wars things ever, hands down. And there is a you have car- to get Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and it's about this bounty hunter. It's kind of like a Western. It's about a bounty hunter, uh, and he's of this uh, order called the Mandalorians, and uh, he ends up, one of his bounties ends up being this baby Yoda character. And it's like a little tiny baby version of Yoda. I don't know if it actually is Yoda, but it's of that species and is the cutest fucking thing ever to hit the TV screen. I swear to God, everyone's talking about baby Yoda. But that's what the Mandalorian Mm. is. That's what I was mentioning before. Uh, By the way, some breaking news. Breaking news here. The House Judiciary Committee will conduct its first impeachment hearing on Wednesday of next week. So we are going to get more hearings <laughs> in all of this. It is going to continue. It was like, it was like this is the end of public hearings. They tell everyone's like, oh, that's everything. I'm like, oh no, 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 there are so many more committees. <laughs> that's right. This is going to be your like Christmas wrapping accompaniment. I mean, yeah, we're going to be with this one through the beginning of the year. I yep. wonder when Congress will adjourn for Christmas if they will like hammer it right up to the I don't know. You remember uh, in, I want to say it was 2009, Christmas of 2009, the House passed the Affordable Care Act on Christmas Eve of 2009. So that was, they ran it right up to the deadline right there. So I think we should expect something, uh, some fireworks happening right up to the end of the year. Uh, Meanwhile, let's see. So the Supreme Court has pushed back on this decision with regard to uh, or they're pushing back their own decision on Trump's tax returns to (sighs) December 5th. 
which this story of all the stories happening right now, this is the one that gives me the most agita. This whole thing about Donald Trump's tax returns. And the problem is, is that if the Supreme Court ultimately rules with Donald Trump, we're kind of fucked. Say hello to the imperial and he's got presidency. his dudes on there. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so it's, a, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that everyone he's appointed, the two dunderheads he's appointed and the rest of the right wing reflexologists on yeah. the quarter going to say, yeah, he can hide his taxes indefinitely. Well, I think that, I think the Trump presidency is never actually going to end. And we'll Jesus, never actually say see that. his taxes. It's yeah. just going to be we're stuck in limbo forever. This timeline mm. it's just going to double back on itself. Yeah. And, yeah. You, yeah. Well, here's the here's the catch in this particular case with regard to Donald Trump's tax returns and Mazars and all the rest. For example, the dissenting judge on the uh, Ninth Circuit wrote in, in her dissent that Congress can't request the president's tax returns in its normal oversight duties. It has to be under the umbrella of impeachment. And so this case, I think, is is pre-impeachment inquiry. So it may okay. only if the worst case scenario so happens. The House Intelligence Committee just has to subpoena his tax records. In other words, that's right. That's right. So I think that this. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just saved you five minutes. I don't think the uh, again the grounds for this uh, is is rooted in. Uh, I don't think it's rooted in the impeachment inquiry. I think this is rooted in its general oversight responsibilities. So do you if, think Don McGahn's testimony will be public or private? Uh, it better fucking be public. I don't think he has any choice in the matter. I, I think they're going to keep appealing this. At some point, John Roberts is going to have to make some sort of blanket statement. Like, you know what? Look, you're overloading us. We can't have the entire. Well, that one judge said that last night in her 100 and something page ruling. It was just like, you no one's above the law. You have to respond to presidents are not kings. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and Don McGahn is not the president uh, at all. No, of course uh, not. So he has to respond to the subpoena. My question is whether or not they'll be able to compel him to do it out in front of the cameras or not, because he seems to have a certain bubble of protection around him up to this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's like we've been skirting right on the edge of a serious constitutional crisis for a long time now. And I just, I wonder, obviously they're appealing this particular McGann case to the appeals level, and they're probably going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court, which is why I'm saying... Which seems, because there were so many blind stories in the New York Times and everything that in hindsight were obviously stories that he fed to the media because he was always the hero. Yeah. It seems like he would be anxious to get out in public and do his song and dance and you know, blink wide-eyed and be like, I was the person trying to make all this, you know, not illegal. I was trying to help. Yeah. But, uh, you know, who knows? Well, maybe he, maybe he actually is the one Republican in the world who correctly estimates his ability to stand up to direct questioning. There are so many cases that Donald Trump is just knee-jerk appealing. That he just is not taking no for an answer and wants to take every last fucking little teeny tiny piece of shit all the way to the Supreme Court level. And mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. many how many Trump centered cases are there going to be on the Supreme Court's docket? I can't believe that there would be an infinite number of cases. Uh, just everything that Donald Trump is appealing landing on John Roberts' desk. I just I don't see that happening. I see John Roberts at some point saying, "All right, I'm we're staying out of this this whole <laughs> fucking thing. Stop pestering us." 
the bring us the pie when it's time yeah. to cut it. What's well, like, 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 you know, like as far as peeling the apples, you guys can handle that in the lower courts. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it was like Charlie Pierce uh, said this morning that John Roberts is very focused on his legacy, and that decisions like I don't Shelby, think John Roberts is a human being. I think he's a fembot. Remember those things from the Bionic Woman? <laughs> the face would come off, and it was just the eyes. Hey, and the look, you know what? Them, that you know. that fembot is the last thing standing between us and the abyss. I think he's an android. I think he goes home and just plugs in at night. I mean, well, yeah, I mean that that could be, but he's as close as we have to our android. And I'm not <laughs> saying that because he doesn't he doesn't align with our politics, but he has become the new Anthony Kennedy. He has become the swing vote, at least for now. Stay healthy, RBG, and <laughs> I just want to insert that in there because that's going to be vitally important. I mean, the Supreme Court is the centerpiece of where everything, where the future of American uh, <sighs> democracy, the American Republic, it lands in the hands of these nine justices. And I hope the balance of power in the Supreme Court at least remains the same for the next year. Please, please, please remain the same for the next year because that's everything depends on that. Everything depends on RBG staying healthy and us getting all the way through the next uh, 340 whatever number of days until uh, Donald Trump is hopefully uh, voted out of office. So uh, because the alternative to me is unthinkable. The alternative, yeah. Donald Trump getting reelected, uh, Donald Trump stacking the court even more. These are unthinkable turns of events. And if we're still... God, he's going to be insufferable if he gets vindicated by the Senate. If he gets acquitted by the Senate. Oh, yeah. Well, he's going to it's be. Gonna, and that... Uh... It's like, going to be the most amazing political victory anyone's ever done in the. Ugh. Yeah, well, it, it'll be. And I can't even find out words dumb enough to imitate him on that. You know, he's like, <laughs> it will be the most incredible, fantastic victory politically of anyone. It'll be tremendous. Any president in history. Yeah. It's just huge, huge. Huge, tremendous, yeah. yeah. Uh, beautiful. Well, it'll, the most beautiful victory. That's what it'll be. He'll call it a beautiful, because it's like the adjectives and the nouns never match up, right? It was no. a perfect call. Like, no, <laughs> I'm still perfect call. Is, uh, it just, it makes my mind hurt. I know, I, I know. It. it was a perfect call. Yeah, because, it wasn't. Because, you know, what's his face? Well, but here's the. shriveled, go ahead. Well, here's the good news, though. The House Intelligence Committee is in possession of audio and video recordings and photographs provided by Lev Parnas, an associate of Donald Trump and, and Rudy Giuliani, who reportedly played a key role in assisting him in his efforts to investigate uh, Joe Biden, et cetera, et cetera. The material submitted to the committee includes audio, video, and photos that include both Giuliani and Donald Trump. It was unclear what the content depicts, and the committees only began accessing the materials last week. Uh, yes, Lordy, there are tapes. Everyone's tweeting that now, uh, that there are indeed tapes. And these could be smoking gun tapes. They could turn out to be nothing. But the fact that there are tapes and Lev Parnas thinks that these tapes... <laughs> Uh, well, Lev Parnas, and you know who Lev, well, we talked about Lev Parnas. No, Parnes. I mean, yeah, he's one of the two Shreks. And you know what his attorney's um, name is, right? Ed McMahon. <laughs> his name is Ed McMahon, yeah. so it's hard to get past that With little With a giant fact. check. Yeah. yeah. Hi and so... Um, Let go of the big check and come back. But they must, think, <laughs> they must think that these tapes have some sort of value, and the only reason they would have value is if Rudy or Trump are, are saying something incriminating on the tapes. So that would be the only reason to think that they were tradable. If they're not tradable, then why are they even bothering mentioning them? But 
you know, so that I'm leaning. I'm trying to think of the cup half full in all of this. Uh, that uh, what's that's, crazy though is that the people on the other side are getting a completely alternate narrative, and it makes no sense whatsoever. And you see, and, and we're like, why are these Republicans repeating Republican? I mean, Russian intelligence agency talking points in Congress, and it's just for the Fox News cameras. Oh yeah, it's because over there they're spinning this whole narrative of Rudy as this persecuted martyr. You know, and who everyone's out to get, and the Democrats have been out to get the president since day one yeah. because they hate him. And it's yes, we've been out to get him since day one because he was not legitimately elected. Mm-mm. Because nope. the majority of people in this country did not want him to be our president, and we have watched him make a mockery of everything leading up to that point. Yes, we've wanted him out since day one. You shitheads! It's not because we have some irrational hatred of a Republican president. It's because you have an irrational Republican president. Yeah. Well, this is why I, hatred. This is why I feel like if Andrew Yang really wants to help, if Tom Steyer really wants to help, if Michael Bloomberg really wants to help, and by the way, I'm not lumping Bloomberg. Bloomberg in with some of the hobbyists. Bloomberg <laughs> actually has been elected to things and has governed things. So he's Still not necessarily there. in the same we category. We represent the lollipop guild. The lollipop guild. The lollipop guild. Stop and frisk. And, the, you know, I mean, just forget it, Bloomberg. You've got I too know. much baggage. Stop and frisk is the worst. Po- I mean, that's going to shoot him right on down. Forget it. Michael, go home. Go shop. That's right. Uh, we represent the You found the it. He's a little man. We need to know what's in your backpack. Well, the, the 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 thing is, uh, with uh, what was I saying about those guys? Yes, they, what they should do if they really want to be helpful is they should buy Fox News Channel. I mean, seriously, mm. it wouldn't take mm. a lot to do it. I mean, I it would take it, a lot of money, but I, I mean. Bet, I bet the Murdochs wouldn't give it up. I bet they wouldn't sell it. Well, they just got to make an offer that uh, Rupert can't refuse. And and that may include having a horse's head in Rupert's bed. I don't know. But that that would be, I I would certainly go that way. I would consider that. I would consider Luca Brazzi and Only if the horse head. died of natural causes. <laughs> That's right, right. Which always makes me sad. Are in the Godfather, beautiful, beautiful creatures. Yeah. Yes, that's I mean, that's the first thing I think of is not the movie director who gets uh, terrorized with his horse's head, but ah, oh, the horse. Why? Why did they have? Why did Luca Brazzi have to kill the horse? Oh, it's so sad. So that was sad. a prop. I'm pretty sure, Bob. They got it from a slaughterhouse. That's what I read about the Godfather. That is a real. Do you know you can order head. life-size pillows? That oh, look like severed horses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can order a lot of life-size things that you probably shouldn't have in your house. Uh, all right, let's take one last break and uh, come back with more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! 
brand new music and I think it's a new recording artist from Nashville Tennessee this is the band is called Fabulous Fabulous and the uh, song is called Bucolic Deep really really love this I got this in just the other day and I had to get it on right away because I just love this song bobseska.com slash music again if you'd like to submit your songs to the show all right, let's talk about, uh, you're familiar with uh, this Navy SEAL case, right, David? Um, where Donald Trump has pardoned this guy, Eddie Gallagher. Who was accused of war crimes. War and crimes. the Secretary of the Navy was like, uh, I can't obey this order. I yeah, yeah. And again, a Trump appointee turning against Donald the Trump. The whole problem with the Secretary of the Navy is he's just not handsome and charismatic enough. <laughs> not from central <laughs> casting enough, right? That's a Donald Trump That's doesn't. total sarcasm. Have you seen this guy? He looks like, I mean, he should be president, you know? <laughs> Broad but, uh, shoulders, a square jaw. I mean, I would have a hard, I mean, he is from central casting and it, yeah. like he's, it, hello Republicans. You know, you may try to smear this guy, mm-hmm. but he is everything that you say that you believe in and support. Yeah, that's right. And he also is the first Trump administration official. Maybe, well, Mattis's resignation letter was not quite as uh, severe as we wanted it to be. But this is the first guy who is an upper level Donald Trump appointee who's calling bullshit on Donald Trump and walking away. I think this is a patriotic He said I couldn't follow an unlawful order. Yeah. I resigned. It, absolutely. That's important. Yeah, it very <laughs> much is. And, and I want to see more people do that, including this guy, Gus Snod who is probably anonymous i'd like him to finally come out he was on uh he ended up on fox news channel yesterday and mm-hmm. uh they asked him point blank if he was anonymous guy snodgrass who's the speed who's the former well i don't guy know if he's the Sno- former i would i would keep my name a secret too if it was snodgrass <laughs> well said guy guy snodgrass was madison's <laughs> speechwriter, and so people have narrowed down that it's possibly snodgrass who is anonymous but getting back to eddie gallagher here um, I think what's getting lost in the conversation about Donald Trump's dick move here with Eddie Gallagher is what exactly did Eddie Gallagher do to land him in trouble like this, to land him in these uh, war crimes charges and all of this upheaval that it's created in the Defense Department. Well, here's what happened. This is what Eddie Gallagher did. This is the guy that Donald Trump wants to campaign with next year. I have studiously avoided this information, so I'm bracing myself. All right, yeah, brace yourself. Okay, SEALs from the platoon that Chief Gallagher led during a deployment to Mosul, Iraq in 2017 told military officials that they, and these are SEALs who are reporting on this. These are not people who you go, ah, oh, they're full of shit. probably rather die than betray each other. Right, right. They saw the chief fatally stab a wounded ISIS captive Navy investigators said while several NEALs were, uh, SEALs were providing uh, medical aid to the fighter, Chief Gallagher took out a handmade hunting knife and stabbed the captive, a teenager, by the way, several times <sighs> in the neck and torso. That is just the appetizer for the really shitty thing. The chief was also accused of firing a sniper rifle at civilians changing hearts and minds right flowers and chocolate oh this is a guy that his teammates would 
throw would adjust his scope or de de adjust it so that he would not be as accurate, so he couldn't kill as many. Oh, thank civilians. God for that, Jesus. Hey, I mean, talk about yeah, that's the kind of shit. But he that still he, got away with a lot. Yeah, that's the kind of shit the people inside the White House should be doing to Donald Trump. The chief was also accused of firing a sniper rifle at civilians, striking a girl wearing a flower print hijab as she was walking along a riverbank, and an old man carrying a water jug. Several SEALs broke the group's code of silence and testified against Chief Gallagher in a military trial. And, of course, they testified to all of this shit. This is Donald Trump's hero. This is the hero of Fox News Channel. This is the guy, central casting, and then the guy, some central kills casting. children and old people. Yeah. He kills in cold blood children and old people. This fucking mental case. But the, the boomers are going to love that shit. You know, they were just, they were, if you will, you know, they call them sand N-words. You know, they're just Arabs. Yeah. They don't care. They're not human. They're not white people like us. They're not blonde and blue-eyed. So what does it matter? Yeah, he killed them. We're at war with those people, and they're all dangerous because they all believe in Muslim stuff, and they all jihadis, and, you know, it's yeah, well, the, the, the play to his crowd, the, his sadistic I mean, murdering I, I, how Marine could, buddy. How could anyone who supports the military, including veterans, including active service members, actually say, oh, this is fine. I don't get that. This is what I never could figure out during Guantanamo when we were waterboarding. Yeah. How people in the military and veterans could support this. Because if we're doing this to people, that's not that means they will do it to us. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they you know typically U.S. soldiers, except in Vietnam and certain other situations, Japan, in World War II, were typically not tortured by their captors when they were prisoners of war. But yeah. guess what? Mm-hmm. It's all it's uh, everything's on the table now. Yeah, because it was the United States was part of the rulemaking council that said these torture is illegal. Do not do it. And then we did it. Go ahead. Well, you know, I was going to say the, the problem with the Republican Party, and it's been this way. It's not just a Trump feature. Trump has kind of perfected it. But this goes back to at least George W. Bush, if not years before that. But um, this notion of America as a benevolent superpower is anathema to the Republicans. They don't give a shit about that. They cannot handle being a superpower, being in control of the United States, uh, which is ostensibly a superpower. What they would rather do than to use that power as a source of benevolence, what they would rather do is to flaunt the power, to like wag their dicks in the faces of everyone else and go, you know... Hitting their, smacking everyone with their dicks and, and saying, you know what? Here, we've got the biggest dick on the block. Go fuck yourself. That's the attitude of people like Donald Trump. We have the biggest and dick see, in the world. that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, that wins you nothing but enemies. Yeah, and exactly. This is, and he's got, you know, he's hollowed out the State Department because he doesn't think we need diplomats. He doesn't understand that, you know, and these, but that's what, part of the reason that these people's testimony last week, like Fiona Hill and David Holmes was so devastating because they are career diplomats. Yep. They know how to present information and tell a story and be, and, and present. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's their whole job is negotiating and handling hostile in, interlocutors. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you know what's a shame. You know what's a shame about that, David, is that um, we have this thing in this country with uh, political campaigns where we judge candidates based on performance, and to a certain extent, I get it. But in a lot of cases, I think it's a little bit overblown in terms of the importance we give it. And I'm I'm saying that because. Boy, would I love to see professional experts like Fiona Hill uh, be act- actually be considered to be presidential material. 
you know, experts right. in a, a particular field or in a variety of fields. And just because they can't get up on a debate stage and lob zingers at uh, whoever. I'm not, I, was, Do you think, I, gonna, I don't think Fiona Hill would have any interest in being president whatsoever. No, certainly not. Certainly not she Sa- is, Sally Yates I, well, or you know Bill Taylor. Oh God, I wish Sally Yates had run. Yeah. Oh, my God. But there's these, something these, awesome and agreeable about her. She's like your cool aunt. Yes, yes. You but know? what would happen is we would destroy those people as soon as they decided to run for president because they didn't say a certain line the right way or they, you know... They they weren't performancey enough when they were delivering a big speech. That, this is the I think of, this is the beginning of the end of that kind of extremely harsh critical judgment. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. But it's still happening. Well, it's going to always happen with a certain yeah. branch of people who don't actually want the Democratic Party to succeed because it makes them money, like Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, um, I know. You know, uh, but I think we're a lot more unified than we were in 2016. Yeah, that is true. I think that. We all know that, the, that we, we, we've gotten a glimpse of the urgency of the threat that we face. Mm-hmm. When anarchists are now proudly saying that they're going to be voting to get vote against Trump in the 2020 election. <laughs> yes. You know, I think that, you know, the early signs are good. We can't get too happy. We have to keep working. But I think the nation at large, except for the, you know, the people who are just drinking the Kool-Aid straight from Fox News, they get it. Yeah. Their lives have not gotten any better. You know, and the promises that he made have not come true. In fact, that in many instances, the opposite has happened. Yeah. Um, so. Well, the problem is that we, again, it seems like in this country that we have to be shocked into action. We just can't take an action because it's the right thing to well, do. It's, we, we we're to very be, comfortable. We've got a comfortable yeah. country here. We got yeah. heat. We got air. Yeah. We got cars that get us around. We got all the entertainment we can consume without, you know, completely melting our brains. I mean. Mm. It is hard to get us in at, to get into action. Consumerism is really the opiate of the masses. We, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, so I mean, you know, when are Americans going to get in the streets? I don't know what it's going to take to get us in the streets. At the Women's March, we were in the streets. I mean, it's we've been in the streets, but it doesn't really move the needle. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder what the solution is, and, and the only thing I can think of is to just is to focus on really where the rubber hits the road, and that is the election. To focus on getting out as many voters as we possibly can, and I'm not just talking about people who are already registered. I'm talking about registering new people, focusing on that, whatever the number is, fifty per sixty percent, or somewhere it's either forty or fifty percent of Americans aren't even registered to vote. And, and if you tap into the adults in that group and try to get them registered, I think uh, that certainly helps. There's an entire voting block waiting to be had. We just need to bring them in. And so if we focus on shit like that uh, and focus on the fact that everything hinges on elections, and as we've seen with 2016, in severe ways. And so in order to prevent more of that kind of shit, we just have to take the reins and actually do something as far as uh, uh, increasing our advantage. And I'm talking about the Democratic Party, increasing that advantage in elections. But just turn... Well, it's, it's just going to keep turnout. happening, though. I mean, demographics, it's going to be a matter of making the Republicans surrender their gerrymandered districts. Yeah. Or it, in the long run, it's just inevitable that the country's going to get browner and more democratic and right. more uh, progressive. Yeah. We've had an incident this last week with uh, Jewish students getting uh, swastikas on their doors in the dorms, which mm-hmm. is really disturbing because that was the kind of thing that just would – I mean people when, – when I was in college, it would have been like, what? Yeah. <laughs> just, really? Yeah. And f- that's ominous to me. 
uh, that that's happening. But I still feel like, you know, as as World the, War Two recedes deeper and deeper into history, more and more people are forgetting the lessons of World War Two. I think everyone needs to read the Sweet Francaise by Irene Nemirovsky. It's N-E-M-I-R-O-V-S-K-Y. Yeah. Um, she was a Jewish woman living in France, and the Sweet Francaise was supposed to be a five-part series, and she only got the first three written before she was captured and killed by the Nazis. But it will give you a grounds, like, eye view, citizenry level of what it's like to be occupied and what it's like to have war hit your city. Yeah, um, right. And Americans have never experienced that except for the people who were in the immediate vicinity of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of food shortages and just the collapse of the social order, and we've never experienced that here in the U.S. And maybe it's going to take that, at least not since the Civil War. Because, I mean, war zones are terrible places. Yeah, The worst things in the world happen in war zones. Yep. And uh, these guys, I think they're going to just like, you know, overthrow the government in a week. You know, mm-hmm. the, the what do you call them? The, the guys, sovereign Bros. citizens, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Kidding. Um, but you know the Trump people like that want to secede from the, you know, and it's just like they yeah. think they're going to be able to like leave the house for a couple days and drive their mobility scooters around and point guns at people, and then it's good, and then they get to go home and everything's going to be great. Well, you know what we and have to do ultimately, and I wrote this in my salon piece about how we're you know just a nation of suckers, just b- being hoodwinked into sharing Russian propaganda and and ruining our own country. Right? Um, what we have to do is to borrow the Barack Obama mantra, which is stop doing stupid shit. We really need to keep that in mind as a country, as American people. We need to stop oh, dude, doing think, stupid I'm shit. I'm not sure we're capable of doing smart shit, smart shit in large numbers in this <laughs> well, country. Well, I'm not saying doing smart shit. I'm just saying to stop doing the stupid shit. That doesn't necessarily Never mean... Never underestimate people's... It- Ability to do stupid shit. That is numbers. <laughs> that is true. Look at fashion, and just you'll know. Like I mean, period. Like, just look at the seventies and true. tell yourself yeah. that yeah. like people will do incredibly stupid shit and in incredibly large numbers. Right, right. That's true. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just give everybody a, a piece of holiday wish to like everybody? Yes, please. please. Remember to unplug. Yeah. Um, if your people. Thanksgiving try to provoke you politically, change the subject. Mm-hmm. It's not a point. There's no point in arguing with them. Nerves like, are going to be raw. This, these sweet potatoes are good, mama. <laughs> you know, just find something universal to talk about, like the weather. Or And if you're there and they're watching Fox News, suggest the Home and Garden Channel. Because, <laughs> That's right. or as I like to call it, your husband is gay TV. Yeah, um, yeah. But really, like, boomers love to talk about property values and renovations and all that stuff. If you just switch it over to Home and Garden, they'll be all right. They'll be they'll get their TV pacifier in, and they won't be, like, all fired up about the damn immigrants or whatever they're going to be. By the way, it's, it's T-Rex David Ferguson who is bringing up the <laughs> boomer thing. Not, not Bob Seska, me. It is him. <laughs> I'm just backing away from the whole generation business. It's, yeah, well... It is, again, I was on this a couple of years ago, actually. I was like, okay, boomers. And people yeah. were like, shut up. <laughs> like, I understand that there are boomers in our audience that are not environment-destroying, woman-hating, queer-baiting, racist assholes. But understand that the bulk of your generation's ideas are shitty. 
can, can I just say yes? This planet. Th- there are sh- there are shitty things about every generation. That's for sure. That's absolutely one. Except Gen true. X, who have done nothing but sit on the sidelines and just criticize everyone. Well, that's, that's true. What we we're, do. We're very perfect. That is one hundred percent true. <laughs> All right, uh, David Ferguson's podcast is patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Uh, oh, let's see what else. Well, the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network keeps chugging along at full steam. Huh? If you're not subscribed to the whole slate of Sexy Liberal Podcasts, go to sexyliberal.com. Everything is right there, uh, conveniently arranged in a checkerboard pattern. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You can see all the shit. Yeah, what are you talking about? I don't know. Did you eat some blotter acid on one of those breaks? (laughs) It's vacation bottle. It's all in this groovy pattern, man. It's like (laughs) kind of three-dimensional, but not. But if you like use a pad it sort of touches it I don't know like, just <laughs> what are you talking about now I think we're both ready for a vacation alright take you care you got a lot of valuable resources up there. <laughs> Greenland that's a strategic place <laughs> have a great Thanksgiving where's that sound play the sound uh, well we're about we're nine oh, seconds okay. left in we'll the show we'll do the after show bye, happy bye. Thanksgiving everybody we love you and I love you Bob bye Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional.